This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. February 17, 1937. The Golden Gate Bridge was almost ready. They'd been building it for a little more than four years. They were doing the impossible. There'd been talk of building a bridge from San Francisco to Marin County since the 1800s, but the deep water, the strong currents, and the fog and wind had made it impossible. Now it was happening, and it was happening ahead of schedule and under budget. And not only that, it was safe. Bridge workers, officials, and the bridge district were proud of the project's safety record, which defied what was called the law of concrete and steel. One life lost for each million dollars of construction. The Chronicle said that was the law that man recognizes in the tropics, in the Northlands, wherever he labors to build big things. But not on the Golden Gate. $35 million had been spent in the four years since work began, and only one life had been lost. That was in October of 1936, when a worker was hit by a derrick. The main reason for that? Safety precautions taken by the builders that are second nature today, but they weren't so common in the 1930s. Things like mandatory hard hats, and most notably, safety netting. The chief engineer, Joseph Strauss, hung a rope net on the underside of the bridge. It was an enormous thing, more than 2,000 feet long, and it added about $100,000 to the cost of the bridge, almost $2 million in today's money. And it worked. Twelve men had fallen over the side, and the net caught them all. The workers who'd been saved by the net called themselves the Halfway to Hell Club. But on February 17, 1937, the net that had been a lifesaver became a killer. The workers were building the actual roadway. Simplifying a bit, they'd built a wooden frame, then poured the concrete for the road into it, and with the concrete set, they were now stripping the wood frames out. Eleven workers were on a 60-by-30-foot scaffold, suspended from the underside of the bridge deck. It weighed about five tons. There were two men doing maintenance work in the net below. At about 10 a.m., the scaffold gave way. A bolt had broken, and the scaffold tilted sharply. The men fell toward the net. A little red-headed carpenter named Tom Casey made a split-second decision that saved his life. Instead of relying on the net, he jumped up, and he was able to grab one of the clamps that had been holding the scaffold on the underside of the bridge. He hung there, 200 feet above the icy water, his pipe clenched between his teeth, not uttering a sound, for eight minutes before frantic co-workers came to his rescue by lowering a rope. As he was being hauled up, his pipe fell out of his mouth and he calmly reached out and caught it. When he got to the bridge deck, he said, Some ride. His mates weren't so lucky. The five-ton scaffolding landed on the net which couldn't support the weight. It came loose from the bridge with a crackling, snapping, whipping sound that could be heard for miles. People said it sounded like machine guns. Among those who heard it, though they didn't see it because they weren't there yet, were state inspectors on their way to look at the scaffold after their boss had said it looked unsafe. The twelve men fell into the water, tangled in the net. Some of them had been injured or even killed already by falling debris. Their fellow workers watched in horror from the bridge as they fell, the net enveloping them, their screams piercing the air. The workers watched as the men struggled to free themselves in the choppy waters. Only two of them did. 
ten men died. I shall never forget the contorted white faces fading away, one survivor told reporters. A painter named Jack Bishop said, I've seen men die before. I've heard their death cries. I've been in the worst of storms at sea and on land. I've been in deafening thunder. The terrific noise of this catastrophe was a combination of all of them. Only worse. The Golden Gate Bridge opened to traffic on May 27, 1937. At the time, and for the next 30 years, it was the longest suspension bridge in the world. I'm King Kaufman, and this has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Get great journalism today and support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod. Some of the music in this episode was by Pedro Esparza. He's at youtube.com slash music by Pedro. We now return you to your century.